passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Friday afternoon. John Pollock and Wei Ting here with a post-wrestling news update. Hello, Wei. Hey, John. How you doing? I was thinking today, you know what? I have not talked to you enough this week. <laughs> I need I need some more waiting, and I'm not waiting until 10.30 p.m. Eastern tonight when we are live with Rewind to SmackDown for all our patrons. So here we are to chat today's news. Well, that's a very nice gesture. I always welcome a call, um, even on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's continue this and see how it goes. We're going to talk mainly about the Wednesday night ratings, which, of course, always a lot of keen interest towards, but especially so given the recent uh, momentum for AEW Dynamite. And I guess this week was uh, definitely a, a cooling down period for that momentum. They, it was kind of interesting to see. I think everyone expected they would be down. How how significantly would they be? And Really, they were down to their levels that they had been averaging in October or November, right at that pace. They did 806,000 viewers and a .32 in the the demo. Where they really got hit was among its younger audience. Um, adults, or sorry, men 12 to 34 were down 56% this week. Uh, women in the same age category down 45.5%. Uh, adults 18 to 34 were down 48%. So I would say, wait, as I mentioned, I think everyone expected them to be down, but I thought this was more than I anticipated. And it was, you know, that is one thing of when you hit a big high, it's uh, sometimes the drop is significant, but th this was, I, I think it was clearly not a case of the momentum built that you could just ride that wave and it was naturally going to continue or at least level off a little bit below what was done the last two weeks. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the main thing coming out of this is how much of the audience that they've managed to gain over the past two episodes uh, were they able to retain. And, you know, seeing this week, for whatever reason, not that much interest or not as much interest um, uh, from maybe a lot of those people just dipping in. I mean, it is a number that's better than their average over the past two months, but um, still still third for the night. I guess we're just looking at what was what what they grew over the last two weeks and for whatever reason, what didn't bring those people back this week and are they going to be sampling in the coming weeks, especially I think December 30th is the next notable night where they're promoting that big Omega Phoenix match. Sure. Yeah. I mean, really this, this particular edition of dynamite, I don't know how many, how much of a hook it really had compared to previous two episodes. Uh, and I think the rating kind of reflects that. So, you know, is that, is is that going to change the way that they produce these shows in the future? I think they try to make any all of them as perhaps enticing as possible. Uh, inevitably, you're going to kind of have some just you know flatter shows. But uh, tonight, 
or this week really kind of reflected the 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 result of coming off of a really hype show, a really well performing show, uh, and then maybe a not so hype show. Um, it does make a difference. I think this is also the a dangerous game you can get into where listen, um, we're as guilty as anybody that puts a lot of attention on the week to week numbers, and it's a good indicator of kind of what what connects in the moment. But as the company, like this week's show, part of the objective was it's like you can't do a sting every week. You can't do an Omega Moxley every week. We realize that, you know, you can you can go to that well several times and AEW has shown an ability to attract people when they have those big things. On Wednesday, one of the prime focuses was setting up these matches with you know, you're looking at, at top flight and you're you're looking at, you know, some some unproven acts to get them into positions where the long term game, you do need to create new stars. And I think that's a lot of next week's show as well, given that the fact that we've got uh, top flight against Jericho and MJF. And then we've got the acclaimed going for the tag titles. So I think that's the balance is that you do have to. You can't just give away your biggest things or rely on your already established stars as well. And that becomes the balancing act. You want to perform very well. And I think that this this is a good average number for AEW. I guess you would just be disappointed if all these new people tuned in last week that if you had created these new fans that were going to tune in and they're sticking with the program regardless of a hook like a sting or a major title match. Well, on the other side, NXT gained a whole lot from last week and uh you know it makes you wonder could it be maybe a a list of more high profile matches that they were showcasing on that show as opposed to maybe dynamite like is this simply a case of people flipping over to the other channel or were people just not watching not as many people watching wrestling altogether it it sounded like uh and in looking at uh, the observers breakdown of the quarters that that wasn't necessarily the case that there was a gigantic amount of people that tuned in at the beginning of dynamite, like the opening six man tag had over a million viewers. And then it just, it went down after that. But NXT, I took that as a pretty good number and a good sign for NXT. Number one, they were up 16% in viewership up 12% in their demo. And the big thing on the show that seemed to perform best was right in the middle of the show, the Kyle O'Reilly-Pete Dunn match. And I think that's a good sign for several reasons. Number one, they were able to put out a strong wrestling match. And I think the fact that they advertised it as uninterrupted, it told people you're getting a lengthy match. It's not going to be some you know five-minute shenanigans. I think people believe that we're going to get a strong, like maybe a takeover-style wrestling match. And you have the roster that every now and then you can do a match like that that has implications towards the title picture. I think that's a good sign for NXT as well that they were able to do that. And I mean, in the final quarter, this again coming from the Observer, is the Tony Storm match with Rhea Ripley actually had more total viewers than the Omega Janela match, although in the demo figure it was uh, significantly more for Omega and Janela. But yeah, for NXT, like I, I thought, I, I took this as a as a good number for them and ideas for the future as well that they can put out a, a 20 minute match and people will tune into that i did too it seemed like a good rebound from previous weeks and uh shows that it's you know at least in, in terms of overall the overall rating uh still can be very close you know my my whole thinking when you see the results of these is that clearly 
good wrestling is a draw, you know, on either show. Now it is, yes. So why isn't Raw taking the same lessons? Why isn't SmackDown taking the same lessons? Why do we continue to see so many matches just end without any sort of significant result uh, or insignificant matches being put on TV? I think that you have, number one, I I don't see, I I do feel like there is a, a certain difference that we're getting when it comes to you know, getting that that match on Raw. That if, if that Kyle O'Reilly Pete Dunn match happens on Raw, you definitely, I think, have the commercial breaks in there. Number one, and second, I think that you're not necessarily presenting this th- that same style. Like that's been one of the criticisms of the you know what is connecting with younger fans are you know a, a, a definite difference that you see certainly in AEW, and I would extend that to NXT as well versus the main roster. But you are right in that. If you're following this, the argument is that your your wrestling audience, that you are down to your fans that are still going out of your way to watch this, that is attractive to them. Getting getting a big match, it's also the the a unique match too. Like Dunn and O'Reilly was the combination everyone wanted to see coming out of War Games. That opening five minute period, that's immediately what we thought was. I want to see a longer version of this on Raw. I think you do have to work to get to those combinations that are also fresh. That so many pairings have been exhausted that you want to present it in such a way that it's like Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton worked, but that to me is like the ultimate stakes you could put on a Raw. They have the people, they have the pairings. Whether or not they can make them feel special is a different story. Um, they're plenty special once they enter the the the, the show, and you know that specialness just t- tends to dwindle, but. Uh, clearly, there's a great big craving for you know good wrestling, uh, good you know well hyped wrestling featuring um, you know talented performers, and I guess I just I, I can't really see why we don't get that across the board. Next Wednesday will be it's it's kind of a number that I, I don't know how much you, you can put into. I think it'll bear itself out in the in the future weeks. But again, it's. Uh, AEW is going to get one of their biggest lead-ins of the year with the NBA game. And depending on whatever they put in that opening quarter, that, that's probably going to be, if not your most watched quarter, will be you know one of. And I, w- I would venture to guess it's probably going to be the biggest. Does that audience have a curiosity that keeps them uh, later in the show? And I, again, it's an- another opportunity for you know eyeballs to see your product for whether it be the first time or audiences that are not following week to week. So that is, I think, an important way to start the show next week. But ultimately, it comes down to are are people satisfied with the show? And that's kind of the experiment of the past couple of weeks with AEW is reaching newer people and hoping that they find this show to be entertaining, that they become habit uh, habitual viewers of it. We'll see what they start the show off with. I mean, it's not the first time that they followed NBA um, and my guess is that it's you know it's it's not going to be a major difference maker it is everything every single one of these these you know uh, lead in situations is a big opportunity for them but um yeah, i i don't really expect you know uh numbers to immediately reflect that um what do you think for next week i think you put your best foot forward with that with that first match i i really like the idea of the bucks and the acclaimed in that in that segment and 
and then it's a crapshoot of afterwards. Like you may, it may be inevitable that you're going to just see a big drop in the second quarter. Like there's going to be fans that listen. They they were tuning in for the basketball game. Maybe something catches their eye, and you hold their attention for a couple of minutes. But they're not there to watch wrestling on that night. But again, if you do something, that's those are the opportunities. I think you always try and maximize to grow your audience when you're you know get the attention of non non wrestling fans that may be inspired to watch your product if you present something that is compelling enough but it's obviously a a tricky task and i think we've we saw it this week that just the novelty of hey sting's appearing uh it was a very minor appearance this week and it wasn't uh, enough that it was going to be able to ride the momentum of the two prior weeks that you know if and the other side is you can't be necessarily putting out gigantic events every single week like that's you, you just can't manage that over time, and that's a trap you can get into. So we will see how AEW follows after after this number, after two really strong weeks. Interesting, though, way was in Canada, they actually did more viewers on Wednesday night than they did for the Winter is Coming special. Um, they did not have significant sports competition, and therefore they were the top sports program in the country. But uh, they did 120,000 viewers, which was about 12,000 more than the Moxley Omega show. Yeah, I that I can't really explain. I mean, it seems like Canada thought this loves, was loves twelve man tags. I mean, it's it's either that or just maybe a general kind of like feeling towards AEW being a more important show lately that somewhat somehow retained in Canada while it didn't necessarily this week in the U.S. So, uh, just a, a few other stories before we get out of here on Thursday. Dr. Alfonso Morales, who was uh, an institution within uh, Lucha Libre, uh, passed away. He was 71 years of age, sort of a guy that held many important roles within the industry in Mexico. He was a legitimate doctor who got his doctorate in psychology and then got involved as a reporter. He was one of the founders of Super Super Luchas and later became the editor-in-chief at uh, Boxy Lucha, which was a role he had for 10 years. But uh, most prominently, he was uh, a commentator for both boxing and for Lucha. And at the peak, he was calling he, – he worked for Televisa, which was the major network that carried CMLL. And later when Antonio Pena launched AAA, they added AAA as well. So at the time these two companies are warring together, it's Alfonso Morales who is calling both shows. So this would have been the equivalent if – in 1998, uh, a network got both Raw and Nitro, put them on different nights, and Jim Ross was calling Raw and Nitro at, at the peak. So that was you know, the power of the network and Morales' role in all of this. Um, there's a great bio in uh, the Observer newsletter that's uh, out this week, and it's just a really uh, important figure in the history of uh, Lucha Libre in a non-wrestling role. And SmackDown tonight, we've got the Street Profits against the Dirty Dogs for the SmackDown tag titles. Bianca Belair against Bailey. Carmella, get ready for this way, will hold a champagne toast prior to TLC. And Sami Zayn hosts the Sammy Awards. Love it. The Sammy Awards. Forget the Slammies. It's the Sammy. Yes. Uh, not the corrupt Slammy Awards, as he uh, pointed out. So we are going to be back tonight. 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time for all members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. Uh, we will be going through all of SmackDown. 
We will preview TLC and we'll be joined by John Ceno, who will be covering the ROH final battle card, which is tonight. Uh, the pre-show is at 8. The pay-per-view is at 9. So a stacked edition of Rewind to SmackDown for all our cafe members, Mr. Ting. Yeah, 10.30 start time. Patrons should have the Zoom link right now. If you're not a patron, consider signing up. PostWrestlingCafe.com. $6 a month, PostWrestlingCafe.com. We'll speak with you tonight at 10.30 p.m.